Following the Missouri-Georgia game, I think it's time for Tiger fans to pump the brakes on all their quarterback takes, at least for a little while. And also, you know what? This is going to be a really unpopular opinion in sports media circles, but I think the transfer portal absolutely sucks. Well, you know what? All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And thank you for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen each and every weekday. You know what? Here's a tip for you. If you want to check out what's happening with those red hot St. Louis Blues, go check out Locked on Blues where you'll get your blues action each and every day for under 30 minutes per episode. So just like that, more digestible content for all of you as well. From me, John Miller, your host here on Locked on Mizzou. And you know what? Something that I've noticed already, of course, a lot of frustrated fans like myself after that Missouri-Georgia game, but what did we really expect, right? But at least in terms of the outcome. But I guess I'm still a little bit frustrated that I don't feel like Missouri learned enough about its two young quarterbacks, either Tyler Macon or Brady Cook. It didn't feel like Missouri put its quarterbacks in position often enough to really give them a chance to show off what they can do downfield, for instance. Well, if you really go back and look at it, I think Tyler Macon, for instance, a little bit disappointing in terms of accuracy. I will say that, especially on his shorter throws, I thought he was surprisingly inaccurate. Down the field, maybe some of those intermediate routes, I thought, oh, some nice back shoulder throws there by Tyler. But also at one point, there was an empty formation where, to me, Macon completely missed a wide-open receiver that was just to his left. A guy streaks right down the middle of the field, holds on to the ball for too long, ends up getting a getting hit. He throws it off his back foot. Probably fortunate the ball wasn't picked off. Frankly, he's just got to be quicker with his decision-making in that particular spot. But you know what? Tyler Macon, to me, gets a pass because... Again, if you're going to start somebody, whether it's Cook or it's going to be Macon, play them the entire game, number one. But also, let's keep in mind that Macon, this was his first start as a quarter junior year of high school because, well, his COVID-19 senior season was wiped out in Illinois. He hasn't played since. So, again, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. It would be obviously he wouldn't be a human being, I don't think, if he was pretty nervous going into that start against one of the best defenses of the last decade or so in college football. Let's put it that way. Now, as for Brady Cook, again, a, a similar thing where it's total it's hard to judge Brady Cook based on limited series, right? To me, you just we should have just started Cook. I said this previously in the previous week leading up to the game that Missouri should have just started Brady Cook and gone with him, not only against Georgia, but against South Carolina as well. 
Well, I wouldn't be shocked if Cook got the start this week, but it seems like both guys are going to play. And one thing that tells me is perhaps Eli Drinkwitz, for whatever reason, I'll let you draw your own conclusions here, but it seems like he isn't particularly concerned about burning Tyler Macon's red shirt. That's for sure. But again, with Brady Cook, it seemed like most of the time, almost all of the plays were throws for Cook. There wasn't a lot of handoffs. He maybe handed the ball off a couple times from what I noticed. Again, you're not running a real offense here. Evaluate Cook and Macon based how based on how a starter would actually play in your offense. Let's give him the Basilac playbook, except, you know, obviously with more quarterback runs. Certainly we saw with Macon in particular that Missouri really has been missing that element of the football game for sure. Now, obviously, neither Cook nor Macon's statistics were very impressive against Georgia. But again, let's keep in mind, just for some context, Will Levis for Kentucky may have actually had the most impressive statistical statistical game at quarterback for any Georgia opponent so far this season. And Levis, in 42 attempts, only threw for 178 yards. That's 4.2 yards per attempt. That's not very good. But for Georgia, well, not not too shabby. I guess relatively, that was maybe the most impressive statistical game for any SEC quarterback so far against that Bulldog defense. So again, you kind of have to grade Brady Cook and Tyler Macon on the curve a little bit here. Now, as for Connor Basilak, by the way, I don't expect that he's going to be ready to play this week. That's just speculation on my part. Who knows? Maybe we will see Connor this week or perhaps in one of the other last two games this season. But here's the thing I will just say big picture. Let's not be completely dismissive of Basilak at this point. Let's think back to the Boston College game. Let's think back to the end of the Kentucky game. Again, a couple games that Missouri lost, but in particular, as the game was heading to overtime in Boston, as Missouri had just executed a really impressive, quick little, you know, 20-second yard drive, whatever it was, to get Harrison Mevis in field goal range. Well, what did you think about Connor Basilak in that moment? I bet you weren't thinking, boy, we need to bench this guy. At the very least, you weren't thinking that. So to me, something over the last few weeks, and obviously Connor is now injured for sure, but I think he was physically compromised before this. And whether it was that or just a loss of confidence or some combination of both, I think it would be foolish for people to completely dismiss the idea that maybe Basilak still is the best quarterback on this roster moving forward for Missouri. Not just this season, but maybe next season too. By the way, of course, Missouri basketball tips off tomorrow night against the Central Michigan Chippewas. Hey, that sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, we kicked off the football season against the Chippewas as well. But you know what? As I was looking through the rest of the Southeastern Conference, I couldn't help but notice the incredible amount of SEC basketball players that have transferred within the conference this season. Now, listen, I'm not saying that guys shouldn't be able to transfer, but to me at this point, the actual transfer portal, the ability to transfer without sitting out a season, even inside your own conference, 
Well, to me, the transfer portal has now gone way, way too far. And I want to explain why I believe that and why I think we're searching for a rational reason to an irrational sport in that particular case. But you know what? First, I want to tell you about one of our fine sponsors, and that is Prize Picks. Yes, college football fans, have you heard about Prize Picks? Well, if you listen to Locked on Mizzou on a weekly or daily basis, certainly you are aware of Prize Picks. But speaking of daily, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And who just wants to play fantasy once a week, right? Let's play it every single day and get a little bit of action in our lives. Well, whether it is college football, college basketball, which is obviously starting up very, very soon, you can get it all at Prize Picks. Find all the props your heart could possibly desire. So don't hesitate and check out prizepicks.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON to get a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 hundred dollars once again promo code locked on that's one word locked on for your instant deposit match up to one hundred dollars at prize picks daily fantasy made easy so once again when xavier pinson decided to transfer from missouri even though he was one of the leading usage rate guys in the entire conference last season. In other words, to put it more simply, he had the ball in his hands constantly. The Missouri offense was frankly catered to Xavier Pinson a lot the last couple seasons, but you know what? You know what's even better than that? Not ever having to worry about playing defense, apparently. So Xavier Pinson on to play for Will Wade and the LSU Tigers. But you know what? As unusual as it is traditionally for a player like Penson to transfer within the conference and not have to sit out a season, well, apparently this has become the new normal in college basketball. You may have noticed that the leading assist man in the SEC last year, George's Savir Wheeler, is now with the Kentucky Wildcats. So the rich get richer. Congratulations to John Calipari. Frankly, I feel bad for Tom Crean down in Georgia. Wheeler was obviously one of the best players that he recruited down there, paid off after a couple seasons down in Athens, but unfortunately, all that fruit is now going to be tasted down in Lexington by the Kentucky Wildcats. And it's not just, again, we've got more examples. Speaking of Georgia, well, they lost Ty Fagan. He's now at Ole Miss. Of course, we mentioned Xavier Wheeler, Xavier Pinson, also Justin Powell, another significant player transferring from Auburn to Tennessee. You notice almost all of these guys are, of course, going from lower teams in the conference to these sort of upper tier members of the basketball conference, at least what we're expecting, right? Well, that's not too surprising at this point. It seems like the entire transfer portal seems to benefit the higher rung of the ladder, whether it's Alabama and football. They just got Henry To'o the linebacker, probably Tennessee's best player last season. Hey, credit goes out to Josh Heupel and the Vols for having a really nice first season. But if they would have had that kid in the fold, you don't think they'd be a little bit better this season? You don't think that Tennessee defense would would have a chance? And 
as a volunteer fan, how am I supposed to, to feel about that guy? Here's somebody I've rooted for for two or three seasons. Really, really love the guy, but now he's transferring to essentially my arch rival in Alabama. Well, you know what? In football, even though I think from a competitive standpoint, I don't think that's the best thing in the world, just being able to transfer without ever sitting out. Well, it's actually, to me, a bigger deal in basketball because, again, in football, you don't really see their faces. For the most part, we're we're even more extremely rooting for laundry in football. See, unless it's the NFL where the quarterback sometimes will hang around for years and years like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes hopefully will hang around forever. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously. Guys who have been on the same team for 15 years or something. So those faces you do recognize. But for the most part, the guys under those helmets are are very much are transitory. They're they're easily replaceable, at least in the mind of fans in an emotional sense. But to me, if you're going to constantly see more and more basketball players, these guys who whose names you do know, whose faces you do know much more than the guys on the football team, even though the football team brings in much more revenue, well, to me, something is going to be lost here if this trend continues. And that's something that in the professional wrestling business is called kayfabe. Now, here's what that means, right? In professional wrestling, you've got the good guys and the bad guys, right? We all know professional wrestling is fake, but back in the day, they would try to keep up appearances, essentially, by having the good guys stay in one hotel the bad guys stay in another hotel, and by golly, those guys would not be fraternizing at the bar together after the match because that would sort of kill the illusion, if you will. Well, by the same token, again, a lot of, as silly as that pro wrestling analogy may sound to some of you, well, guess what? We're talking about an irrationality here. We're talking about fanaticism. We're talking about fandom itself, which is irrational. I'm twice as old as the guys on the Missouri basketball team at this point. I started off my my fandom as a small child looking up to a bunch of college kids. And now here I am. I still am a passionate fan of these guys, even though I'm basically old enough to be their dad. Why is that? Why should I care that much? I've never met any of these kids. They've never met me. What's the deal? Well, again... The deal is, hopefully, you just get attached to these guys over time. You root for laundry, right? But hopefully, over a four-year period, you start to not only enjoy these guys for the athletes they are, but hopefully their personalities, too. Think about Tyler Beatty, right? We all like Tyler Beatty, right, as Missouri fans on this. Well, what if Tyler just decided his senior year, you know what, I'm going to transfer to Arkansas? How would that go over with Missouri fans? And if this was just a regular occurrence, for instance, as it's seemingly becoming in college basketball, well, isn't that kind of ruining the whole illusion here that, wait, it's us against them, and hey, we're the Tigers, and they're the Jayhawks, and or they're the Razorbacks, or whatever, and we're all in this together, and this is the best time of our lives, and we're all best buddies, and we're all doing this together, but oh, wait, except, hey, see you later. I'm going to Kentucky now. 
I just don't see how this is a great trend long-term for college basketball, a sport that relies on pure emotion and really irrational adults like myself hanging in there and paying a lot of money to go see these things. That's what this sport relies on. And to me, even though I I totally get the argument that, hey, if these multi-million dollar coaches, if they can just leave and if they can just leave at the drop of a hat and not have to sit out a season, well, why shouldn't the players? Hey, I, I have a lot of sympathy from that argument. I really do. And that's a totally rational point. But again, maybe we should stop trying to make a rational argument on an irrational situation, which is, again, college basketball fandom. If anything, if anything, maybe the rule should be, hey, if you're a college basketball coach and you want to change teams, well, guess what? Maybe you should have to sit out a season. How about that? Let's go the other way. Because to me, I just don't see how any of this transfer portal sort of free agency nonsense. To me, you're ruining what makes this sport special in a lot of ways. And and I'm talking about a sport that already has a lot of problems on the court itself. So the more you're going to kill the quality of emotion in college basketball, I think the worse off this sport is going to be. But you know what? Here's something I can't possibly take the emotion out of, and that is my undying love for the greatest protein bar ever devised by human beings or frankly any sentient being and that is built bar and if you haven't tried out built bar by now well you're definitely missing out this isn't your grandma or grandpa's protein bar yes not that thing from no world war ii rations here none of these things that are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to get down your throat no frankly built bar is tasty it's soft it's covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into one, I promise you're going to know you're eating something different. And that's quality, my friends. And not only are these things delicious, well, they're low-cal, low in fat, high in protein, low in sugar, all the good stuff while being tasty as well. So you know what? Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. For as much as I want to preach patience with all you Tiger fans out there, considering that Eli Drinkwitz recruiting is continuing to go along really nicely here, well, I can't blame you if you're feeling a little bit annoyed with this season so far, because quite honestly, the 2021 campaign, forget about recruiting for a second. What's actually happened on the field has been about the worst case scenario for Missouri all of a sudden. Now, I, I, technically, we could have lost to Vanderbilt. Okay, I'll give you that. That would have been even worse. And that wasn't that ridiculous of a scenario either. Missouri needed a Hail Mary probably to put that game away at the end of the first half. So I don't blame anybody for being disappointed. And quite honestly, Eli looking a little bit timid with his play call, calling and, and somewhat clueless on clock management, that's disappointing. And it's also disappointing that as of yet, Missouri doesn't necessarily have an obvious quarterback 
of the future on the roster. And we're not totally sure that Drinkwitz can pick a defensive coordinator either because, well, I can't totally blame Drinkwitz for thinking that based on this is a based on FEI data over at footballoutsiders.com, Missouri had the 104th worst defense in the country last year. But you know what? They're 123rd this season by that same data. And if you look at Illinois, well, Illinois finished one slot ahead of Missouri defensively last season for 103rd. And guess what? Former Missouri coordinator Ryan Walters has them up to 62nd this year. So a pretty significant improvement there in Walters' first season on the job. Who knows how that's going to end up looking long-term, at least the Walters part of this. But so far, the Wilkes part, not looking so hot. Now, I will say, just to give some credit to the Missouri defense, something I didn't say in my previous episode, it wasn't just scheme that helped Missouri against Georgia's running game. You know, obviously, Missouri committed a tremendous amount of players to the line of scrimmage in order to stop that Georgia run game. And I I thought that was the right call. I really did. But it wasn't just scheme. Probably the best tackling I've seen, especially considering the opponent, considering the quality of those skill position players for the Bulldogs, I thought that was probably the best tackling I've seen by Missouri this season, or certainly, certainly at least in the last month or so. No doubt about that in my mind. By the way, even though this has been about the worst case scenario for Missouri so far, perhaps things are looking up down the stretch here. You know, South Carolina, obviously, with a stunning 23-point victory over Florida at home. So perhaps the Gamecocks are a little more impressive. But really, I think the takeaway is that Florida is much worse than we could have possibly expected. This looks like a team that is ready to quit on Dan Mullen, the Florida head coach, if it hasn't already. And certainly some signs of desperation down in Gainesville. Their defensive coordinator has been fired. Also, the offensive line coach fired as well. Yeah, that's that's not great, folks. It has not been pretty for Florida the last really season, really this last full season, if you go back to the end of 2021. It's been really ugly for Dan Mullen. There's something wrong there. I'm, I'm not sure what's going on, but suddenly Missouri looks like it has a prayer in that football game anyway. And Certainly Arkansas's defense to factor in Missouri's final opponent this season, that defense not performing nearly as well as it had at the beginning of the year. Now, Missouri obviously not performing particularly well in any facet of football right now. So let's take all of that with a grain of salt. I'm just saying there is some reasons for hope down the stretch. And you know what? The main reason for hope is all of you awesome people listening to my podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. Appreciate you doing that. And please tell a friend, please tell a Mizzou fan in your life. If they are not aware of Locked on Mizzou, because guess what? I'm here for you five days a week. And with basketball getting underway, we'll have plenty of hoops to talk about as well. So you know what? Until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. 